Welcome to Hiring Care, an audio drama about being from and working in the care system. I'm B. I spent a lot of time in the foster care system. I was thinking about this actually last night as I was preparing to record this. Like, when I went into care and how long I was there for. So I was in four homes in total. Now, before I was nine years old, I was in three homes. And you know, they were intermittent. I was in a home and then I was back with my mom. I was in a home, back with my mom. This was at a very young age. Like, so young that my memories are literally not there. So I'm not really sure of the exactness of how long I was in care for those three homes, but for my fourth home, I was in that home from when I was nine until I was 16 years old. So that's seven years right there. And, well, when I was 16, I made the choice to actually remove myself from care. You're gonna hear a little bit more about that in the conversation you're about to listen to. It wasn't a great choice for me to leave. Most of us during this podcast don't talk about being in care or what it was like in care. Some of us spent more time out of care than in care, actually. Running away or or going AWOL, as the systems like to say. Others of us signed ourselves out or were returned to our parents. Then some aged out becoming too old at 18 or 21 to be taken care of anymore transitioning from the child welfare system into the world. We don't talk much about our time in care. We mostly talk about what it's like to try and care in a system that's, well, pretty broken. There's understanding care and understanding kids are two different things. And I think there's a whole systemic information, a whole load of systemic, systemic shit. And then there's a whole bunch of kid shit. And then you put those shits together, right? And you've got like a big pile, giant pile of shit. (laughs) 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 And that's... It's not clear how they interact and how they weave, and it's so different for every single person. And every time I meet a former youth in care, their pile is so different than my pile. And and how they've interacted with their pile and how the world has interacted with them is so different. It's really like, you know, youth in care spectrum disorder almost, right? Like, we're really... It's so different based on so many experiences. That's terrible, Alicia. Now I have these images of giant piles of shit all mixing together. (laughs) 
it's a terrible system, B. And, and I think for me, it's recognizing is that for young people that are in child welfare or have families that enter the child welfare system, the system as a whole is terrible. Absolutely, Leela. It's, it's a broken system. Yeah. And even though all the young people are supposed to have access to the same resources, they're still being discriminated against based on their geographical location or specific CAS. Right. Like, for example, when I was 16, I decided to move out of care. And in retrospect, that decision had a butterfly effect of negative experiences that could have been avoided. I think it was a failure of the system to really let me fall through the crack because of an arbitrary policy that lets us have such autonomy at a predetermined age, regardless of the circumstances or developmental levels. Do you mind saying what happened? Not at all. I think it's super important. So when I was 16 years old, this is something that I feel like wasn't handled properly by a social workers in the system at the time, something that I actually have a lot of resentment for that. Uh, you know, being 16, you're going through adolescence, which is a very tough time for anybody, no matter what circumstances you live under. And there's this fine line of autonomy versus doing what's right for the needs of the child. And for me, I was, you know, experimenting with drugs. I'm in high school. There's a lot of social pressures of you know, of everything. And, and you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of anger and uh, trying to figure out my own identity. And I felt like the more I grew older, the more I felt like the foster child instead of, you know, their actual biological child, which growing up, you know, you get totally, this is your home. This is, you know, we're, we're here for you. We're your parents, etc. But as you um, grow older, you, you realize that um, I'm a little bit different. You know what I mean? It just basically came to the surface. And long story short, I, I just wanted to get out and be free. I wanted to be free of the restrictions of rules and, and you know, just figure out my own who I am. Yeah. And, and actually, I, I went to my guidance counselor at the time. And I told him, you know, how I was feeling. And that same day, he called the social worker. The social worker picked me up from school, prompted me to buy luggage, went to the foster home. I was staying in for seven years and packed myself without them even being home. Wow. We, we didn't consult them. And then they walked through the door as I was leaving. And they were kind of like, yeah, B chose to move out. And they were completely shocked. They had no idea. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe they had a sense of, I wasn't happy with it. They didn't think it'd be that extreme that, hey, I'm just going to pack up and leave. And there was nothing they could do. Because this was the rules, you know what I mean? Like, like the child has, you know, every right. And looking back in retrospect, that, that was probably one of my biggest regrets in life because I had such a strong support system there, like such a good environment. And maybe at the time, I, I might not have seen it. Obviously not. But looking back, I had, you know, all the privileges that, you know, 
moving out of care, I would lose. I've come to realize when I moved out, like, oh, wow. Like, I lost a lot. You can't go back. You know what I mean? Like, I would have had my education paid for, you know, like just the family support, the nourishment, everything. And, and for, you know, the social worker, maybe it, it was just that particular social worker. Maybe it was the policies and the rules and they had to abide by them. But I think that an intervention would have maybe did, you know, a, a lot of benefit to everybody involved. So it's. It's sad when I look back at that, you know, this is the way the system's set up and structured and that, you know, you can, this, this child who obviously has everything going for them, you know, can, can just make the decision on their own during such times to, to just go out, be free and, and put themselves in maybe a worse situation. Thanks for sharing that, B. Yeah. Care. Care is something that, you know, I'm still looking to find in the care system. I like, I think that's the concept I'm looking for. I'm, I'm trying to find the person who, who has the experience where, where they truly felt cared for right through to transitioning out of care and after. Um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the work that I do with young people, it finds me in situations where I hear them say, like, put the care back in foster care. There's a lot of systemic problems. The child welfare system is wildly broken, but likes to present itself as competent. And, and I think a lot of CYCs don't work directly in child welfare, so they don't get to see how broken it is. So they have rose-colored glasses that it works. It's exhausting to kind of, you know, like to be sitting with a client or to be sitting with a young person who we work with and, 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 and to be like, what you're talking about, you don't even need to say anymore because I completely understand where you're coming from because that's my life. Or like the essence of what you're saying is it is like similar to to my lived experience and and oh, it's just it's quite triggering. Or um, you know, like understanding how frustrating it can be to like advocate to like for yourself to your social worker and like having to work with people or, or, or to work with a system that failed at raising me. That's part of the reason I'm excited that we're having this conversation, Charlotte, because I think that there's some really important work that needs to be done that I think really our group can speak to. We can. People can come join us like other people not from care. But I think it needs to come from our perspective. I think that there, I, I think the systems haven't changed enough. I think that we got to shake the worlds up a bit. And we need to use our professionalism and our experience, and we need to make sure we're educated and can go in there and talk to the world in the world that exists and say, we need to change these up a little bit. I find that 
a lot of the ideas that I tend to have are very unorthodox in how I want to approach working with young people versus what's typically in a textbook or a, you know, some form of written text. And it's almost like a hit or miss getting permission to do these things. And sometimes I'll just do them anyways, because there are certain things like mine that I love to do that I think will benefit a young person or a family or a child, but I don't have any rational reasoning behind it. I honestly, I think because of my knowledge that that makes me so driven because I have so much knowledge when somebody says yes or, or no or gives me an answer I don't like, I know how to fight it. And I know I, I know what needs to be said or needs to be done on my own. And if I don't know, I have people I can turn to to get the proper information. Yeah, I'm in your face. <laughs> I've been in trouble a lot. I don't always have the greatest references because I can be in your face and it can sometimes be seen as not being a team player because I will step on the idiots to be in your face because I really am passionate that we do what we need to do, right? But the systems that we work in don't always encourage that. And I've been encouraged to leave jobs before. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You know... I actually find it harder to work with other former youth in care um, than with people who haven't been in care. Really? Why's that? I find it easier to be the only one and the voice of reason in that sort of stuff than having a whole bunch of traumatized former youth in care working with me. Because generally, I find a lot of them, their stories are really rough. They haven't dealt with their trauma well. And now they're working with youth trying to find healing through it. And that, I don't think it's a good scene for anyone. Oh, come on. That's a bit of an overgeneralization. Generally, they haven't dealt with their trauma. It's true. Like, I have worked with people in group homes where you're watching them spin with the kid. Like, you can see it happening in front of your eyes. Like, they, the kid, did something, said something, whatever. And then they're in the back office crying. And sometimes, yeah, that happens anyways. Like, something emotional happens, that's fine. But when it happens over and over and over again, you really need to think, does, is this a good fit? That's... A great question, Alicia. Is this a good fit? Because because there's like this interesting uh, notion within the youth in care or youth in, in and from care community where I'm from that child and youth care is a degree every foster kid needs to go do and accomplish. Like, um because we're the only ones that can change the system. And I I strongly push against, even though I like totally fit that notion. Why do you push against it? Because we're not here to educate you. So why are we perpetuating this like cycle? I, I, I get really caught up in this. Like why are we perpetuating this cycle of young people whose responsibility it is 
to fix what their parents couldn't in a way, like parents, air quote, because, you know, by parents, I mean the people who raised us. I, I, I just I, I just think it, it's an unfair responsibility that the child welfare system has put on young people. And, and you know, like they, they've explicitly said it um, you know, multiple times is like, it's up to you to tell us what to do, but they never provide, um, you know, like appropriate ways or channels to actually do that. You've been listening to Hiring Care, season two of Tuning In to Child and Youth Care, an audio drama inquiry with child and youth care practitioners who have lived in residential placement. A PhD study at the University of Victoria's School of Child and Youth Care. Hiring Care was created, recorded, and produced across many indigenous territories, including the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat and Patuan First Nations, the Anishinaabe, the Six Nations of the Haudenosaunee, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. Actors recorded from diverse territories, including the ancestral homes of the Munsi, Lenape, and the Canarsie peoples, Huekizgeek, the Mohawk and Algonquin First Nations, the Ojibwe, Chippewa peoples, as well as the Beothuk and Mi'kmaq. Hiring Care was scripted from 10 one-on-one recorded conversations with child and youth care practitioners who had lived in group homes, foster homes, semi-independent living, and related child protection services while growing up. This fictionalized audio drama inquiry recreation was performed by Carmen Mayers as Terry, Daniel Smith as Chelsea, D. Philpotts as Leela, D.M. Lafontune as Charlie, Evan Mercer as B, Melissa Williams as Charlotte, and Naomi Tesler as Alicia. Hiring Care was edited by Zoe Lunsky, sound designed by Shaheen Arifton, and scripted and directed by myself, Wolfgang Vachon. To learn more about Hiring Care, including cast, editors, and director bios, and to hear season one or read some of the publications coming out of this research project, please visit tuningintocyc.org. Thank you.